And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Sunday, November 6th, uh, the night after the Celtics win over the New York Knicks at MSG. Two days after they went over the Bulls, and we haven't recorded since they lost the game to the Cavs, the second Cavs game, I should say, uh, in overtime once again. So we'll cover all those games. Uh, Sam, I know you just finished watching Liverpool. I was going to ask, did they win? They the did. Dump? It's they remarkable. Be- they remind me of the Celtics, uh, like two, three years ago when they would be just whoever they played against. Like if they play a bad team, they're going to play bad. If they play uh, somebody okay, that's yeah. like actually doing well, they're going to show up and bring their A game. So like the start of last year? Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, like, okay. dude, Who they, they play? they're losing to team. They beat Spurs today, but they, okay, they're they losing team. to teams that are in the relegation zone, but they're beating teams that are having like a remarkable Who'd they lose? I, I know they lost a bad one the other week. They Who'd lost they to Leeds. Here? They lost to Nottingham Tough. Forest. Tough. They beat Man City before that. Like, there's no consistency reminds me of like i said those celtics teams under brad stevens yeah that's brutal i am a brentford fan for those who don't know i follow it much more loosely than sam does because i just i I think i have self-diagnosed adhd so i can't focus on multiple things at once but uh i've been happy with brentford season that i've seen so far they're they're doing all right i don't have high hopes because it's tough to have high hopes in the prem if you're not you know arsenal man city liverpool all those teams uh, but sitting in 11th, 16 points. That's not terrible. I'm happy with Brentford. What happened to Newcastle? Why is Newcastle good this year? Because they got bought by like oil mongers. Uh, <laughs> so okay. like literally they're yeah, yeah, rich yeah. now so they can just buy whoever. So are they going to be like a top club now? They're going to be good. Yeah. They're going to be like Man City where uh, they just buy whoever they want and they, wow. they have unlimited depth and don't lose. <laughs> All right. There you go. Hopefully Brentford can uh, get some of that money someday so I can be happy. I like Brentford, though. I'm going to get a few few kits for uh, for Christmas. It don't, it, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, hey, I'm only three point. There are only three points behind Lee, uh, Liverpool, though. So watch out. Brentford's coming for you, Sam. Yeah, because, well, uh, they'll probably catch him. They're just <laughs> losing. And I mean, not today, but <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I remember I watched the Brentford match. Brentford plays Liverpool on the 2nd, January 2nd. God, that's not for a long while. But uh, all right, I'll, we'll have to watch out for that game. Anyways, uh, getting back to the Celtics. Sorry to delay. Um, you want to start with the Cavs game and go in order, or do you want to talk about other stuff first? We can talk about the Cavs game, because that's that's kind of where uh, we left off. It'll be the Cavs low game, very frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, oh, now, don't get me wrong. I, I think agree. Cleveland played well. And it was one of those games where you just kind of weren't the better team that day and the other team played well and you lost. So it didn't feel like the first game to me where when they lost to Cleveland, I really felt like they should have won. They blew a lead, et cetera. Sure. They did blow a lead. They did it. They and did, they uh, did. during a key point of the third quarter, they gave up a big run and a timeout was not called, uh, which has become a theme. But it doesn't always hurt them. But in that situation, it did. It was 6-0, timeout probably should have been called, got up to 10, maybe 12-0, and then they lost the lead. Um, so that kind of cost him. Then Donovan Mitchell got hot down the stretch. He was great in both the games that they've played so far this year. Darius Garland played well in his first game He's back. He's so good. He's yep. phenomenal. I, I mean, it's tough to like – it's frustrating when it's against you, but Darius Garland is so fun. He, I mean, he's just special. That dude's that dude's nasty. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was tough Cavs game. Um, I had a big problem with the Celtics. Excuse me. Sorry. I have the hiccups right now. Perimeter defense. Um, in both games, they played against the Cavs. The backcourt killed them. I mean, you look at the first game, Mitchell and Karis LeVert dropping 41 each. And in this one, 25 from Mitchell, 29, <clears throat> excuse me, from Darius Garland. Uh, the pick and roll defense was a mess. They were just, and the same can be said about the Bulls game and moving forward. We'll get into that. Like, Look at the Bulls game. DeMar DeRozan just – I know the foul shots and the getting into the paint and the drawing fouls was a big part of it, but he was getting to the mid-range with really no contest because the pick-and-roll defense was just kind of sloppy and not really with any direction to it. Um, but the Cavs game was frustrating. Neither team shot the ball well. That was probably the Celtics' worst offensive performance of the year, and a lot of that was Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, shooting very poorly from three. Um, three of ten for Jalen, two of nine for Tatum. And then, I mean, Grant Williams – 
shot two of six. So if he's shooting below 50%, probably not going to have a good chance because he's been on fire. Same with Sam Hauser, who shot over one. So it, it was an off shooting night for the Celtics. Those games are going to happen. They stayed in it. Um, the defense wasn't great uh, and they stayed in it. Uh, it was just the case of, like you said, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland turned up at the right moments. Celtics kind of fell flat. Um, they took some dumb shots when they didn't have to, you know, they fell into the trying to win. It, it wasn't the most concerning loss of the season. I'll say that like it fell more under the category for me of, all right, well that sucks. Um, but like, I mean, in versus the bulls game, the first loss of the season, which was, all right, this is a mess. Um, but it happens. You're not going to win every game. They bounce back in the next two. So I, I, it kind of not flew under the radar, but I, it, was easy to get past because of how they responded in the easily games. swept under the rug exactly exactly and then moving on to the bulls game which we can talk about more in depth because the last two games were the last two days when we're recording this um celtics survived derozan's 46 point explosion got to the line probably a few more times than he deserved to but credit to him because he knows how to work the refs and get to the line dominating the mid-range area nikola vucevic was a pain still but they contained him a bit better than they did earlier in the season. Wow, these hiccups are really getting to me. I apologize. Uh, But Jason Tatum, career high in free throw attempts. I think he had 20. He made 17, finished with 36 points, 12 rebounds, uh, and six assists for Tatum. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown putting in okay games as well, but Malcolm Brogdon was the big guy off the bench, uh, put in a great shift. I think he shot 9 of 10, 8 of 9, something like that from the field, got to the line, had 22, 23, 24, something around there, points. Um, played really well, uh, and they just kind of outworked the Bulls. The Bulls made a run at the end of the game behind Vucevic and DeRozan, but a Derek White's three sealed it off, and they they stayed composed. Although they allowed the Bulls to make the run, most of the shots the Bulls hit in that run were tough looks or just really good offense, uh, and the Celtics stayed with it. So I credit them for that. The defense wasn't amazing, uh, which has been a trend, but the offense kind of stood the test and. Uh, I was happy with the Bulls win. There, there were some things you could look at and complain about, but I, I was happy with the way they stayed composed at the end. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I was really feeling like they were going to lose that Bulls game the whole time. They really yeah. never could pull away. And it was pretty frustrating to watch for me just because I really hate that. I hate when they just can't get out of their own way, can't get stops. It was tough with the amount of fouls that were called both ways. I think this season we're seeing a yeah. lot of whistles on ticky-tack stuff, which I kind of hate. Mm-hmm. Um, in yesterday's game in New York was a little different. There wasn't as much of that, which was good. Uh, but that's some we'll talk about later. As far as Friday goes, thought that Tatum played pretty well. He was solid. Brogdon was the star of the show though. Nine of 10 from the field. And I saw something on Twitter today. He is amongst, uh, some top Celtics in terms of drives per game and getting to the basket, which is huge because I can look that up. This is a team that is absolutely infatuated with the three-point shot love it i I hate it Uh, (laughs) on friday they took 31 threes which i believe was the low of the season and they scored a ton in the in the paint which is why tatum was able to get to the free throw line so often because they were driving getting inside and and getting good shots in new york it was a different type of game they obviously put up 27 threes Woo! for a franchise re- or made beautiful. made 25, 25, 27. Beautiful. Jesus, Sam, for a franchise record. But as far as Friday goes, I was really pleased with the the offensive play. Defensively, uh, it was kind of frustrating to see DeRozan score so many points, but he got to the yeah. line and made tough shots. It's just kind of what he does. Vucevic made far too many threes. It was kind of ridiculous at, at one point. He just was on fire, not missing him. <laughs> Uh, Dunsumu finally decided to start missing against the Celtics, which was kind of cool. Kind of, um, kind of missed. He missed three shots. Uh, he still hasn't missed a three against the Celtics, though. So that's a stat for you. That's fun. Love that. They um, they benefited from Drummond not being there on Friday. I would say they did. They did. I agree. Um, Helped them on the rebounds. Celtics were able. Celtics actually won the rebound battle. They got more uh, defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds. I have to cough one sec. Excuse me, sorry, I'm muted. Um, yeah, they won the rebounding battle against the Bulls, 39-37. to 37. Um, DeMar DeRozan obviously led the way with his 46 points and 22 trips to the free throw line, or I guess 11 trips to the free throw line, or however many it was with the and ones. Uh, but Tatum shot 20 free throws as well, um, put up an all-around performance. 
uh, on a night where he didn't really shoot well. Um, he shot eight of 23 from the field, three of 10 from three Jalen Brown shot six of 14 and O of three from three. He didn't shoot well either, uh, but the free throws kind of saved them. And Malcolm Brogdon obviously had a great performance as well. And uh, the stat you're thinking of <clears throat> Malcolm Brogdon currently leads the Celtics in drives per game with 12.3, which is a pretty ways down in the league leaders. I will say, because some of these guys are doing that a lot. Like who, who leads the league in drives this year, Sam, I'll ask you that. Oh, that's a good question, man. Is this something I should be able to get? It's a bit. Well, I don't want to say it's a bit um, off the side. It's not one of these top stars you'll think of. No. It is like a star player, but it's not like somebody on a good team. I'll put it that way. He's on a bad team. It's not somebody on a good team. Is it Gilders Alexander? <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. He drives. He has 25 drives per game, which is like crazy because brogdon leads the celtics at 12.3 luca is second john morant is third jalen brunson is fourth and trey young is fifth a lot of guards up there but shay's been having a phenomenal season this year so uh something's working there for him and the thunder are four and four so it's not like they're i don't want to say they're a bad team they should be a bad team but they're they're playing pretty good basketball so shout out to sga SGA for a good season so far um but yeah brogdon put the team on his back against the bulls i was very happy with it we were both at the game um which was fun i was there as media and uh, I think sitting right above you, right? I was trying to look for you around the stadium, but yeah, you know, I was directly above you. <laughs> you must have been right above us because absolutely, you were facing the TV view. You had the TV yeah, view yeah. where the logo was yeah, yeah. right side up. So did I. It was a really good time, though, Jack. Do you want to talk about that? Was your first game as a media member, right? Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, it was thank you. It was dope. I mean, I had a good time. I uh, set up on the ninth floor. Got to go down for the press conferences. Thank you to Bobby Manning, friend of the show. Showed me around, make sure I didn't get lost. Saved me from the fight on Causeway Street, which a couple cruisers were called. That was entertaining before I got in there. Um, but no, yeah, it was good. I got up, sat up on the ninth floor, watched the game, did the recap. Um, sat in on pregame presser with Missoula. Uh, I watched the screen fall on Jason Tatum at postgame. I uh, was there for that. Had to help point. I didn't say anything, but I pointed with the rest of the room screaming. Um, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I'll probably be back for another game somewhat soon. Um, but it, it was a good game to watch. I will say, though, um, not caught fully on TV. Samuel Rimbus, too. I thought Marcus Smart was out cold at the end of that game. Yeah, I did, he too. <laughs> he, well, Dude, he looked he like it. He, he was, like, laying there. The, still, completely Did anyone still. ask him scary. that in the post games? Did they say what, ha- no. Ask what happened? No. We, really? Uh, I mean, I didn't think of it. Uh, I was just observing. I didn't want to ask anything my first time, but uh, no one else asked anything either, and I, I didn't think of it, admittedly. So, yeah. Um, I was concerned. He, he looked really hurt. One of my friends is always on me because he says uh, Marcus is always falling around and, you know, looks like he's hurt all the time and things like that. <laughs> I mean. But then he uh, comes out the next day and has his best game of the year. Yes. On a back-to-back. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry. These he was solid against Chicago. He wasn't fantastic or anything, but he was all right. He was, he's been on the incline after yeah. a very slow start to the season. Shooting wise, hasn't been, hadn't been shooting well, shot well yesterday. Um, really inconsistent. Yeah, because of how good Brogdon was, he didn't have the ball in his hands too much. Brogdon had a season high 25. Uh, Marcus Smart was kind of forced into an off ball role. Uh, he didn't have money assists, one rebound, one assist, but he shot five of 10 from the field, two of four from three against the Bulls. Very efficient night. He's been <clears throat> trending up uh, in terms of efficiency so far uh, this season. He started off really rough from three point range, uh, but over the past few games, he's been he's been hitting those shots, which you need him to do um, if you are the Celtics. I, I think his three point percentage is up in the 30s at this point, which is all you can really ask for from Marcus Smart. Uh, I'm wrong. It's at 28, but he's getting there. He's getting there. And that's, that's what you need. Uh, and I think over the last few games, uh, he is shooting a, a lot better. Um, and the stats prove me correct. Marcus smart over the past three games is shooting 43% from three. Look at that. Um, yeah, he played well. Brogdon played well, but like you said, best game of the season against the Knicks in Boston's win. Marcus smart ended the night with 13 points, two rebounds, 11 assists, five, and nine from the field, three of five from three. Uh, and speaking of threes, every single player who touched the floor for the Celtics that night hit a three point shot. How's that for you? Uh, even Vaughn like it on in the front, got in on the front. We, <laughs> him and as, as a team, Jack and I yesterday from the pregame went three in three out of Look four. Look and my bets both hit in the last 30 seconds of the game. How's yeah. that for you? <laughs> Blake Griffin made it three for me, and Tatum did not get over eight and a half rebounds. That is unfortunate he didn't. But uh, 
No, yeah, Grant Williams getting fouled in the final moments by Julius Randle hitting those free throws and hitting the three to hit the over. It was electric. I had a good time with Grant Williams there. But well, uh, you know what they say, Bing Bong. Yeah. Bing Bong. There you go. And it was a good game. Uh, credit the Knicks to some degree. Um, they played well. I thought the offense was good. Jalen Brunson, I told you before the game, he looked really good. Uh, he they, they finally have a real point guard. I'll give him that. Julius Randle was uh, hitting the spots. RJ Barrett was in the right spots on the three point line and on uh, cuts. Obi Toppin looked good in the scraps of minutes that Tibbs would give him. Derrick Rose was a pain in the ass for when he was on the court. Um, I'm sure you noticed that because <clears throat> he was very annoying. But uh, yeah, Celtics just kind of pulled it out at the end. The defenses didn't really show up. Um, <laughs> but when they needed to, they clamped down and they got a bunch of good looks on offense still. Uh, and they pulled away at the very end, which was great. Uh, another good game from Brogdon, 14, 5, and 5, 30 for Jalen, 26 for Tatum. But the big story of the night, um, outside of Marcus Smart's double double, was Sam Hauser, 17 points, mm-hmm. career high, 5 of 8 from three point range. Uh, it's fitting that the Celtics franchise record for three point shots happened with, you know, Mr. Three Point Shot Sam Hauser, um, hitting five career high there, too. He, he looked really, really good, uh, as he has all season. But this next game was really another like coming out party for the, the Hauser story, which is great because he's been great. Yeah, he's been really great at getting himself open. It seems like he's not taking a lot of difficult threes. Everything, every look he's taking is easy, which credit to the distributors on the team, too. But he's just so confident. Everyone believes in him and they know what he can do. So it's even better for him. It's a better environment. He is just so trusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as he got hotter throughout the game, he just started pulling like he didn't care. Somebody was in his face. Didn't matter. He even drove, drove a closeout. Yeah. He, he drove he a, he, a layup with the left. <laughs> Impressive go, stuff from Sam Hauser. Um, I, I almost wish like he was the only one that would take threes. <laughs> there was a stretch in that game yesterday where they kept missing and they, they were real cold from three. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, you know, Hauser should be the only one shooting. <laughs> I, I was like, I've Grant. had enough. Let Grant shoot too. It's, Come on. it's so crazy how they, they took a season low the day before and had a good game and scored in the paint. And then yesterday with, with no real – center Hartenstein was there but Robinson was out for the Knicks Horford was out for the Celtics so both teams without their starting big and Rob obviously yeah. out um and they didn't really take advantage of it the Knicks did they got in the paint real easy and the Celtics didn't capitalize on paint chances or, or they didn't even really go for them everything was a drive and kick and and I think they got kind of lucky that the threes were falling I didn't think they played that I well don't defensively. think it's luck I, do. I don't think it's luck I think that's I mean it's they shot really well. They shot 53% from three, but they've been a really good three-point shooting team. All they season. have. Maybe lucky's not the right word. It's fortunate that they had a performance like that because if they didn't, they lose that game. Sure. Because they okay. they depended on it so heavy, heavily, they couldn't – they couldn't. They weren't doing anything else. I will say, though, I think a reason they depended on it is because I, – I, I remember the stretch you're talking about where they did go a little cold, but it was a very small stretch, and for the rest of the game, they didn't really have those like – like against the Bulls, they they took some threes. They started off driving, but they did have some stretches where they took threes, and they didn't fall, and then they went right back to getting – Which is good. I is will good. say in New York, they were getting a lot of good threes. A lot of the threes that they got were generated off of extra passes, good ball mm-hmm. movement, things like that. It wasn't the dribble up, one pass, shoot. That's when it becomes a problem because not only are you missing shots, you're not making the defense work. You're letting them get off easy and they're having more energy to come down and score on the offensive end instead of really having to buckle down defensively for 15 to 20 seconds. And then they're working for it. They're working, earning the stops. You're not making them earn stops if you just are chucking. So fortunately yesterday they, they weren't in the chucking mode, even though they took a bunch of threes, they did a great job moving the ball. I thought yeah. it seemed like every player had a point in that game where they made an extra pass and it worked out. It felt like every time you said they shot 53% yesterday. So mm-hmm. over half the time it was working. I would have liked to see them be a bit more aggressive inside just because of the lack of a real rim protector for New York. And I sure. think at the end of the day, when you're trying to build a lead, you need to be better at that you need to be getting better shots and another issue i had was defensively they couldn't get a stop part of that was horford not being there Mm -hmm. the reason why that game yesterday was so close was not because the knicks played were uh geez sam played well per se 
it was because everything was easy for them. Points in the paint galore. Brunson played really well, but everybody else had easy looks, whether it was from three because the Celtics had to overhelp or they were just getting to the cup like it was nobody's business. That's why it was close till the end. And then Tatum took over and played really well in the fourth quarter. He he was probably the best performer in the fourth that I've seen since maybe Isaiah Thomas, it felt like. Wow. Yesterday felt like a takeover game for Tatum. You just trusted him. I, I trusted him, which doesn't usually happen for me. Usually I think it's kind of ridiculous a lot mm-hmm. of the shots that get taken, but thought he was pretty good. There was a couple. There was the one three that he came over the pick and just kind of chucked it and it dropped, and it was in an important spot. But he had it going. Good for him. Yeah, I think the whole team played well. They were hot from three, obviously. But like you said, most I was trying to find while you're talking um, how many of those threes were assisted on, but I couldn't find the stat. But I have to assume it was a high number. Because uh, like you said, it was very good ball movement all around. Most of the shots they took, obviously all Hauser threes and Grant threes are going to be off of good ball movement almost always because they're not shot creators. Same usually goes for Derek White, although he did hit a pull-up three uh, against the Knicks. Shout hit out a big Hauser. three in the Friday game against Chicago, too. Yeah, at the end of the game, that was huge, and he, he hadn't really been playing. I don't want to say playing well, but he hadn't really been shooting well all night. That was his first three. Um, but Celtics this year have been uh, an amazing three-point shooting team. It's not really something you've seen in years past. It's kind of been one of the main complaints about the team is that they didn't have enough shooting around the Jays. Uh, you look back to <laughs> rosters with Brad Wanamaker, Shemi Ojale, Daniel Tice, uh, Carson Edwards, who are, are they, they were all right. Three-point shooters, like you could count on them to make one every, like, you know, you'd feel okay with them shooting that shot, but you didn't feel like, all right, this is probably going in. Like Sam, now there's guys on the team that are on your, okay, yeah. if they shoot it, I think it's going in list. Like Hauser, Sam Hauser. Grant. <laughs> it's go. funny. None of the stars. Derek White, even this year, is shooting really well. I feel pretty good whenever he shoots I the don't. ball now. You don't? No. <laughs> I should. Really? I probably should. The stats, I'm not saying the stats are lying or anything. It's just he hasn't made the, uh, hasn't made the cut for me yet. It doesn't mean I don't want him taking shots when he's open or anything, but I don't feel like great about it when he shoots it. I feel about uh, Derek White the way most people feel about Marcus. Do you want to play guess the three-point percentage for the Celtics this year, Sam? All right, yeah, we can do that. I'll see how well we think the Celtics are shooting. Uh, All right, do you want to just go in order and you can just guess their percentage or should I give you a random player and you have to figure it out? Do do the random because I can All right. gauge, I can kind of cheat if we'll I We'll start with Derek White then. What is he shooting this season from three point range? Probably like forty two percent. He is shooting hold up. I was on the last three games. I have to change it. He I is mean, shooting. How, how are you gonna start this? Because I, I thought I was. Prepared. Wow, you're you said what for Derek White? Forty two. Forty one point nine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a that's... feeling it was around that because you were saying you were <laughs> shooting well. All right. Um we'll go Blake Griffin. <laughs> I'm trying to think. This one I should be able to know. He's taken five. He's made five. So he's shooting 20%. 40. He's made two. Oh, brutal. Close. Uh, Jason Tatum, nine threes a game this year. Which is too many. Uh, He probably (laughs) shoots like 38%. 38.3. Yeah. On a roll. This is impressive. All right, let's go to the other star. Jalen Brown, who takes 7.6 a game. I think he's like right around the same. I'll say 39. A little bit down. 35-3 for Jalen this year. Uh, We'll go to Marcus. Actually, I said 28 earlier. I'm not going to. We've already gone over that. Uh, We'll go Sam. Sammy Hauser. Hauser's at like 54%, 55%. Yeah. Yep. Electric. 3.4 attempts a game. Grant Williams, who is taking 3.3. 53. 53.8 up there. Um, Let's see. Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, he's going to be at like 35. 37.9. Up there at 38. Not bad for uh, the man, Malcolm. Um, Who else? Al Horford, I think, is the last guy we haven't gone over. That's a main part of the rotation. Uh, Horford's at like 40%. He's been shooting real well. Actually, nope. it's down. He's down to 35 now. He's been struggling really? a bit lately. See, I thought he was yeah. playing well. I don't know. Well, uh, the reason I realized it was on um the last three games and we started because it said Al Horford was at 22% over the last three games, and I, I didn't think that was right, so I had to go switch it. But, um, yeah, he's not he's not bad this season. 
um, but it is down from the 40% hot start. But uh, having Grant and Sam Hauser shooting 54 and 55% respectively is a huge boost for the Celtics. They currently rank, I believe, both in the top five for three-point percentage in the league. Um, yeah, Sam Hauser's four. Grant Williams actually fell down to six. Um, but of players who have attempted at least 30, uh, or 25, I'll say, they're in the top five because Josh Green and Yuta Watanabe are up there uh, on the list for basketball reference because they've attempted 13 and 19. So wherever you want to put the cutoff, the point is they're shooting very well. Uh, also atop that list somewhere Kelly around there, Olenek. Kelly Olenek, yeah. yep, shooting 59% from three on fire. Someone's going to make a trade for him at the deadline, but <clears throat> we shall see. Um, but yeah, two games back-to-back. One game, Sam's uh, Celtics wet dream, and the next one mine. Uh, lack of three pointers and then the three pointers. Um, I don't know. I thought both offenses look good. It shows that they can do both and that they're capable of doing both. Um, well, also, I think the key, yeah, go. if you're shooting 53% like they did yesterday, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it I, gets annoying when they cool off and the run catches up to them by the Knicks. But the problem I had is the defense. Oh, that game yeah, shouldn't yeah. have been close. If you're making 53% of your threes, fans shouldn't have to sweat down the stretch, which I guess we kind of didn't because they iced it. But up until like five minutes left in the game, it was close. And it shouldn't have been close. It was. It was close. It was frustrating. Uh, And that's kind of been the story. I'm pretty sure the Celtics have had a double-digit lead in every game they've played this season. Um, But most of them have been close. I think the only game that hasn't really has been the Wizards game, right? It's the only game that wasn't close that they did manage to win pretty convincingly. Um but that's going to happen. I mean, I understand that um, teams are good. Like I I think there's more talent in the NBA this year than there have been. I think as much as the defense is bad, even like when you look at league averages, offense is up around the league. Like teams are scoring a lot more, Um, not an excuse for the Celtics defense being the way it is. They're still fully capable of being a much better defense. And Joe Mazzulla talked about how they were getting onto the right track. They've had a little bit of fall off in the, these last two bulls next games, but, Against the Wizards, even in that Cavs game, they were pretty good on defense. Um, the Cavs less so, but that that Wizards game was a good um, indicator of how good they can be on defense uh, and what they should be doing, although they were helped out a little bit by Bradley Beal having an off night. Um, I think it can get there. I think Rob coming back will definitely help. Again, not an excuse uh, for how poor the defense has been, but I think they've shown signs uh, of turning things excuse me, in the right direction on defense. Um, and as far as the, as the threes go, Sam, uh, they've attempted they, – they took 51 threes against the Knicks, which <laughs> it's a lot of threes. But if you're making 27 of them, I, I think <clears throat> you get a little bit of a pass. Um, and then they've had eight games this season, one, two, three, four of them. They've shot in the 30 to 40 uh, threes, like as in 30 or more. And then they've shot 40 or more in another four of them. So um, – taking a lot of threes i don't know if they lead the league in three-point attempts um they're second who's first in three-point attempts sam uh not golden state yep it is golden yes. state yes golden state uh golden state takes 41 a game celtics take 40.7 a game um <clears throat> what's your sweet spot how many threes do you want the celtics to be taking this year 36 maybe okay i, think I, I just don't like when it's though. like piling on and it's significantly more than the amount of twos they're taking i just think it's lazy yesterday was not a game where it was lazy because the ball was moving so well like we kind of talked about earlier but when it is lazy and you're just making one pass and a guy's shooting even if you might think it's a good shot there's so much extra time where you can just work and you can work to get a better shot you don't have to just settle right away well i think that's part of what the celtics are playing this year i think they're emphasizing playing fast i think joe mazula wants them to play fast and i, I think f- there you is can play fast but there's a difference between fast and lazy i i don't think they've been playing lazy and yes there, there have been moments where jason tatum takes a pull-up in transition you i guess you could qualify that Derek white pull up as lazy in transition last night because he just kind of pulled it i give him somewhat of a pass because he doesn't really do that and i mean he was hot and he made it so whatever um Jalen Brown sidesteps the dribble dribble whatever early in the shot clock those are rough but if you get out in transition you kick it to somebody who's pretty open on the three-point line that's I fine you if take it, it in transition it's fine it's the half court sets that are bad when it's just one pass the guy brings the ball passes to the wing and the guy shoots and if we've seen open, plenty I'm of fine that. with it though 
Like, yeah, you're fine it, with it, but then when it piles up and they keep missing and nobody has to work on defense and they're on the wrong end of a run, it's horrible. Okay, yeah, I don't want them to do it a million times in a row if it doesn't work. But, but it, they, it is an avalanche. That's how it works. Yesterday, there was a sequence three in a row they did. In Friday's game, they did the same thing. It, it was quick. It wasn't It wasn't possessions where they were working and then moving the ball and making the extra pass and then taking the three. Those are fine. There is a difference. I, I agree with you when it gets on a string. It's, it's bad. It's a slippery and they get, slope. That's the problem. Yeah, and they get into the cycle of bad shots. But I, I think Yesterday been... was even more scary because they started five of six, and all they were doing was <laughs> shooting threes. And I said to my dad when I was watching the game with him, I was like, oh, man. like when they, I tweeted. I said, when they cool off, there's going to be, uh, you know, they get to adjust to it. They, they didn't really cool off, though, see which was good. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be wrong. If they're winning, I really don't care. But yeah. It's just unnecessarily close. But the real problem yesterday was the defense, not not the threes. And I think that's been the case for the majority of the season. I think the defense has been the biggest issue. I, I think 43s is a fine number. I know it's a lot, but I think they have. And this is something I've said throughout the duration of us hosting this podcast, like all the way down back in 2019 when I started it throughout the COVID season, the two seasons after. This is what, our third full season of doing it? Yeah. Right? Um, I've said... I like the offense they're getting, but they don't have the players to make the offense work. I, and you can be my, uh, you know, no, I, I agree. I've said, I've you're right now. The now time. they do. Now you have exactly. role players, Grant Williams, Sam Hauser, who are shooting above 50%. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. And, I and those are, those are two guys. I don't have problems taking threes. Exactly. And I don't think there is a player on this roster that I have a problem with taking a three. The only exceptions would be maybe, I don't think Noel Vonley and Blake Griffin should be taking threes in every night. I think last night it was maybe a special occasion where they got open. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with it if it's in the right spot and in the right timing. Like you said, if it's a bad run and your answer is a Noel Vonley three, maybe not. Maybe you'll look for a better shot. But in the position they were in, he was wide open. Both of Blake Griffin's threes were wide open. I'm fine with them taking it because I mean they've shown they can make them. So if you're wide open, you might as well take it. Um, but outside of those two, I'm happy with that now Horford three Marcus smart is the other guy. Maybe I'm more iffy on, but if he's open, he's got to take it. Brogdon's shooting. Well, Derek white, obviously the Jays are good. Um, Hauser grant anybody in that rotation. I'm fine with taking a three. And I, I think it's goes underappreciated how rare it is to have a lineup like that in the NBA, even in like the league now where there are so many great three point shooters, there aren't a lot of teams where you're comfortable with every single guy taking a three, right? Like you look at the best three point shooting teams. I mean, the warriors, they don't want Kevon Looney shooting threes. Like he's not going out there chucking, right? <clears throat> the jazz are third in three point attempts, probably because of Will Hardy out there. Um, I don't think they want Jared Vanderbilt hucking up threes. The Pacers are fourth. I don't think they want Isaiah Jackson. Like there, there's plenty of teams out there who take a ton of threes that, it doesn't come from everywhere. Like I assume if you look at the jazz, it's Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek, Mike Conley, you know, three guys taking up most of it. And then you've got guys like on the outskirts. Like I don't think Taylor Horton Tucker's chucking every possession. I don't think Jared Vanderbilt is, but on the Celtics it's outside of Tatum and Brown who are obvious. I mean, they're going to take the most because they're the stars. You're comfortable with everybody taking a three. And I think that's underappreciated uh, and a reason why they've been so successful. Like they've been a dominant offensive team this year and the defense isn't where you want it to be. And that's definitely concerning because that was kind of their marquee thing last year. And I do think they have the talent and will be able to turn it around, especially when Robert Williams comes back. And I don't want to keep using that as a crutch and it's not supposed to be. I think well, there's definitely still concerns. Exactly. It's a piece that needs to be addressed. But the offense has been so good this year that it's been able to carry them. They're averaging the most points per game. Uh, they are fifth in three-point percentage and second in attempts. Um, they they attempt the 22nd most attempts per game for field goals, but they're sixth in field goal percentage, right? They take smart shots. They play fast. They play well. Um and Joe Mazzulla deserves a ton of credit that, for that because they were a great offensive team last year in the second half of the season under Ime Udoka. But I think with the pieces he's been given in Sam Hauser and Brogdon there as well, Missoula has gotten the most out of this group, which you could say, oh, it was easy because they have all these pieces. But the way I mean, they've been Brogdon playing is a game changer. Exactly. I just think the way they've been playing is I don't want to say like vastly different, but I think it's noticeably different. Like they're playing faster. I think they're putting an even bigger emphasis on threes. 
Um, and even when they're not putting that bigger emphasis on threes, I think it's either a three or a layup. Those are the shots they want. Um, they're not taking a ton of mid-range shots, and when they do, it's Jason Tatum or last night Grant Williams <laughs> dribbling in and taking a, a jumper at the three-through line. But um, I think the way they're playing offense is very analytically sound, which I know you don't love, but it's also just smart basketball for the most part, which I think deserves a lot of credit. I think in terms of uh, you know this season versus last season, I'd rather have the defense than the offense. Sure. Don't get me wrong. It is nice having all the firepower, but you're going to lose a couple games here and there because of the inconsistency. That's just, it's natural. It's natural to have an off shooting night. It's what happens. Everyone has bad shooting night. And I think it's natural to have an off defensive night too. I'm, I'm not saying that's what's happening because it's been a lot of off defensive nights for them, but I think it's good to have the talented offense that they have while they continue to figure out the defense. Last night, Joe Mazzula had a quote. He said, our offense is set in stone, but our defense will change based on personnel. And I think it's that fluctuation that probably hurts them sometimes because, I mean, you've probably seen it too. The way they play pick and roll defense changes every possession, right? They'll they'll drop back one time, they'll step up another, and it lets the defense just, or excuse me, the offense just get around them, get easy looks, and it's tough. I think once Robert Williams comes back and they have this sort of set in stone starting lineup, the set in stone rotation, it will start to iron out. Um, and until then, I think it's just about them figuring it out and trying to get back to the point they were last year uh, until Rob does get back. They need him. It's going to be do. such a game changer. <laughs> and you kind of saw a little That's bit a of it word. yesterday with Marcus Smart and Blake Griffin doing the pick and roll and, and how well Marcus was able to set him up. When Rob is back, it's going to be so... Yeah. refreshing to Marcus Smart because he's he's really strong when it comes to finding guys around the basket playing with a big man, a two-man game. That's yeah. going to be another weapon you can add to your offensive repertoire, but the defense is just going to be worlds different. You're going to have a safety net. You're yeah, going to be yeah. able to rotate better. You're going to just have more flexibility and not have to do everything the same way with the pick and roll and have to give up things. You're just going to have more more firepower defensively. I just yeah. I just think when when you are struggling offensively, defense can win you a game. And it's the same the other way, but it seems more likely say. that you can buckle down and rely on a defense because it's pretty much set in stone. That's how you're going to play. It's a team thing. It's not one guy has to be hot and everyone else needs to follow suit. It's just you work as a unit. That's why they were so great last year. They were great with the rotations. The switch, everything started to work, even though at first I will say I was not a fan of the switch, everything. I don't remember if you were, but there were a lot of situations where it would leave them out to dry. And you'd be like, why, why are we coming up the floor and having Rob pick up Kyrie? And it would happen. It would. And I think what you said is true. It is vice versa. I think offense can win you games when defense isn't playing well and defense can win you games when the offense isn't playing well. Um, I just think in this scenario, the offense is working because they have the right pieces and they've implemented a structure where it doesn't really matter who's on the floor. They will always have a ball handler because they have Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart. They will always have um, for the most part, Jalen and JB, one of them's, or excuse me, Jalen and Jason, one of them is always on the floor. And even when they're not, uh, they play a lineup with multiple shot creators uh, at the guard position. Um, on defense, I just think it's tougher because the personnel this year, like last year, they had a great defense because they played so big and they can't do that right now because they don't have the personnel to play that way. Um, <clears throat> so they're forced to kind of figure out a different way of playing defense. You can say, Oh, just switch everything. That's a lot easier when you have Rob switching on a guard. Well, they don't have the personnel. Is, they don't. Exactly. Rob's good at switching on the guards and they, they've tried it a decent amount this year, but teams will look to attack those mismatches like Sam Hauser, who's done a great job, by the way, teams will attack him and they're going to, they be haven't been super guys. successful. In I know fa- but- in fairness to him. And you said he did, a, he's done a great job. He has. He's been better than I think anyone can imagine. And it's funny, I was thinking about Sam Hauser. I think that was going to be the next thing I wanted to bring up. Is I went to the game Friday as well, like you mentioned. And I went with Timmy G, who's the Banner Banter podcast. Very nice of him. He always promises Jack and I will take us to a game. I got to go. Jack will go another time this season. Yep. And we were, we were having a chat, and he was saying how when Hauser's on the floor, it really only makes sense to have him out there if he's going to be a focal point of the offense. And he's actually like really right. right? Like It's so true. He should be your top two of your scoring options. He needs to be in the top two. 
That's how lethal of a shooter he is <laughs> and how much you can rely on him and you're running sets for him. You should be looking for him to put the ball in the basket. And we saw it in New York yesterday, how consistent he was able to be. And he has been all season over 50% from three. That's a weapon. Imagine it's that crazy. like, like 10 years ago, somebody doing uh, that well, shooting the ball from three, they would be an all-star. Now he's just a role player. Yeah, no, he, he's having a phenomenal season. Uh, you can't really ask for much else from him. And I, I think this is a big reason. Before the season, we talked about how, oh, can Sam Hauser average 10 points? And it sounded crazy, but the reason is, like what you said, when he's on the floor, he's going to shoot the ball. He's going to get the ball, and he's going to get those opportunities. Um, and per 36 minutes, he's averaging 18 points a game, right? And the big reason for that is he's only playing 11 minutes a game right now. But when he's on the court, he's scoring – excuse me sorry the hiccups um he's averaging six points a game in 10 minutes (laughs) like if he's on the court he's gonna score yeah Um, i'm getting to the point where i'm like he needs to be out there like i'm I'm legitimately more i'm legitimately thinking to myself like okay tatum's off why is hauser not in exactly i 100 agree and they're playing a lot of it's not like it's not like a hype thing i don't think it's not like when people want to taco to play he's just good he's legitimately good and he's Mm -hmm. so reliable it's it's such a asset to have him on the team and on the floor Uh he kind of i think he needs to get more minutes it's crazy before the season we were just saying oh maybe he'll do an okay job filling gallinari's spot now should gallinari come back whenever that may be at the end of the season (laughs) next season there's going to be a real discussion of whether or not he's even necessary because Hauser is just a force. Hopefully he keeps it up to where we have to have that problem. It's a good problem to have. Um, man, like I really am like, he needs more minutes. He does. When the offense is starting, I'm like, why is he not in the game? Yeah, he's incredible. He's done all the, uh, all the right things this year. He hits his shot uh, when he gets it. He has one of the most impressive releases I've seen. Um, on an NBA court like he catches it and he just shoots it um it's like Duncan Robinson-esque right and before the season you heard Grant Williams uh, on the Duncan Robinson podcast say he'd take Sam Hauser in a three-point shooting contest over anybody because he doesn't miss and now Celtics fans are seeing why he said that and a lot of the times you hear players say that and you're like oh he's a teammate he has to say that Grant Williams guy's nasty right it's 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 crazy and uh he's the only player in the Celtics shooting better from three than Grant Williams himself uh, and they're taking around the same number of threes per game. It's it's really impressive. I've been very happy with Sam Hauser. And back to the point uh, that started this discussion, uh, he's holding his own on defense. But I, I think a reason they're not able to play the same style of defense is because uh, defenses will attack Sam Hauser. You've seen it a, a lot of another thing. They attack uh, Derek White in the paint. Like, say, Derek White gets switched onto a big man because they're running a two-guard lineup instead of a two-big man lineup with one guard. Derek White will get stuck on Nikola Vucevic. He'll get stuck on Jared Allen, and they'll just kind of, you know, mow through him. Same goes for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Marcus Smart can get away with defending those big men because he's good at it. Uh, I'm not saying Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon aren't. I think they've done a solid job. Derek White, especially. Saw a lot um, of Derek White trying to guard Vucevic and trying exactly, to guard but, didn't go well. Exactly, but the point is they'll just get scored over because those guys are bigger. Um, and I think that's why they can't play the same style of defense. So they're tr- kind of floating and figuring it out and kind of in the middle of nowhere um not in terms of like they're lost as those guys on the court but as in joe mazul is trying to find a new style of defense um to play with these players uh and they they can't use the same one that was so successful last year and the offense has been a good crutch for that because it's been so hot and so reliable with the way they played Uh, and sam hauser wrapping back around again uh has been a big part of that because he's been a joy to watch and i've been very happy with it happy with tatum too um, obviously, you know, as obvious as it may sound to talk about the best player on the team, he's still averaging 30 points, eight rebounds, four assists on 50, 38, 90 shooting. Like he's MVP conversations. I'd say he's, I told probably... you, I told everybody, <laughs> I said, bet him, bet him to be MVP. It was plus 1400. I don't know what it is now. I don't think my app has it anyways, but I think he's he probably was primed for an MVP run after the second half of last season. All the, the only question was, is he going to be able to play in the fall? Because he never can. And then he turns it up once the new year comes around. He's going right out the gate this season. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are looking like they might be a wagon. The only team in the way is Milwaukee right now in Cleveland. In Cleveland. <laughs> I was going to uh, say. In Cleveland. But, but seriously, that Milwaukee team looks good. But like in terms of like a dominant player, like, 
Do you think Mitchell's going to win MVP? Is that I think he's above Tatum right now. I think he's well, above Tatum. because they beat him twice. <laughs> well, and he's putting up better stats. Is and he? He's oh. up, Donovan Mitchell is averaging. Uh, the only reason I know this is because I was looking. He's averaging, well, I guess they're around the same, uh, 31.5, 6, and 5. So they're like pretty even, but the record probably takes Mitchell over. <laughs> Sneezing. Sorry. <clears throat> I, that was real today. funny to watch with no sound. <laughs> Uh, I'm a mess today. The hiccups, sneezing. I've got. I don't know if it's like cold or hot in my room. I think it was cold last night, and it's hot now, so my nose is running. I'll but, tell uh, you what was hot yesterday is uh, the betting. Yeah, red hot from our friends at Smash the Odds. They got to plug it because <laughs> I believe it was a seven and one day yesterday. We Amazing. won like twelve units. It was absolutely nuts. Wow, big That's bets incredible. on Georgia. Can't imagine betting against Georgia. Absolute wagon. Uh, <laughs> LSU, we had like spread and they won. Notre Love Dame, it. we had spread, they won. There you go. A lot of upsets yesterday in college football, too. Like Alabama lost to LSU. That was awesome. A lot of fun. But if you're not at least following them on Twitter, I really don't know what you're doing at Smash, Smash Odds. Odds. Free picks. At I mean, Smash Odds on Twitter. Jack, Tim, feel free. You know, if you want the picks, I'll send them to you. I'll forward them <laughs> along to you. I'm sure Devin would be happy to. But I yes, feel sir. rich today. Wow. Love that. I might have to get those picks. We might have to do it. Um, I did want to ask you before we get out of here. Random, because I know, well, obviously I have the stats in front of me and you don't, so I'll have some better sense. But if you had to pick your top five in MVP voting right now, what would you do? Giannis won. Team's a wagon. Uh, I don't know. I I literally, I couldn't even tell you what teams are good right now. I've been just focused on the Celtics. It's tough. Uh, I get a look. I get a look at the standings. This is really bad. Yeah, you're good. I'm not a moron. Um, I swear to God. I just know this season <laughs> has been so screwy with the start to it for certain I teams. I sprung it like, on Sam in his defense. I, I kind of. Let's see. I caught him off guard uh, here. Utah, absolute wagon. That's I can't get over that. They're incredible. They're like genuinely just really good. And uh, again, I still a lot of wagon at home for now from the front office show with MVP's Keith and Trevor. But uh, <laughs> my thing is, um. I think that the Jazz aren't like one of these fluky teams that are going to be bad. I just think they're genuinely good. Like they don't have any star players, but they have enough. I said something like well. that over the summer. I don't know when I said it, but I was like, that Utah team really isn't that bad. It was Mike. I was like, Mike Conley's solid, Sexton solid. Mm-hmm. They're, like they're the rest of their squad is decent. Like they didn't get rid of Clarkson. They have Olinick who can somewhat play. Obviously, he's shooting well now, but at the time, like he's still serviceable. He's not a bum. Well, I think a lot of players or a lot of people thought they would trade a bunch of players, but they just haven't. Like Laurie Markkinen is leading them in scoring. He's ever going to be 22, nine and a half and three. Like he's, he's playing incredible. Um, Jordan Clarkson averaging 17 a night. Sexton with 14. Olenek with 13. Mike Conley with 12. Like they're just playing really well, man. Like <laughs> they just got a lot of guys who are playing really well. And look at me, a trash talking Vanderbilt. He's taking a three a game shooting 55%. So I, I guess they got guys. All right, but to answer, it's probably Giannis. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> I would say Jaws gonna be there. Okay, Luca, mm-hmm. Mitchell, Tatum, maybe. That's my top five. In not all right, look at that. Way. I didn't even know that. I see. I, I always feel good there. when you agree with me. Although I, I will say the only not switch because it doesn't matter that much. I might have Trey over Jaw right now. Um, but Ja is doing more of a carry job because the Grizzlies are hurt. But uh, the Hawks are on par with the Celtics right now, six and three. How about but the, the Grizzlies 9 are six and three start too. Monday, man? What the hell is it? That's brutal. Nine p.m. in Memphis. Not Yikes. thrilled. Got to tell you, not thrilled having to get up for work the next day. No, no, that it's not, not like it used to be. But fun fact: the first day I ever did a morning shift in the news, uh, Celtics played in Memphis at nine p.m. Might have been a Monday. And it went into overtime, and I just didn't go to sleep. I just stayed up. <laughs> Never went to bed. I mean, respect, but that's brutal. It was brutal. I couldn't believe that's it. By 7 a.m., I was slumped. I used to do that. I would get nervous that I'd sleep through my uh, my tests in college. and I It wasn't just, even that. I just I didn't want it. I was like, oh, dude, like it's not even worth like going to bed. Like I'm going to wake up and be tired. Like I might as well just stay up. Yeah. Fair enough. How did, I can't believe I go? did that. How'd it go? It was terrible. It was horrible. I was exhausted. <laughs> I, it was 7 a.m., dude. I was like falling asleep at my desk. People were laughing at me. I wasn't really established yet. It was horrible. I mean, yeah, I would laugh at you too. That sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had my head down on the desk. It was real bad. Nightmare. Bad look. 
tough. The secret is the nap. You know you're doing nap a morning trip. You do. You nap. You get your sleep that way. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Um, that's all I got. Anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? No, nah, I don't have anything, man. I gotta start writing stuff down. I, oh, just, I, I've had an uneventful week. I feel sorry. One thing: Robert Williams traveling with the team now on this two-game road trip. That's good. He said rehab is going well, saying that they're trying to keep him from doing some of the athletic stuff. But he's running the court. He's running pick he's just and rolls. Shooting threes. Exactly. Exactly. Good news though for Rob. Um, you know, nice to see him getting back into the swing of things. But, yeah, uh, I'm glad he's back. But like, I also like kind of yeah. don't care. Like, it's not like the playoffs where I was like, oh, like they kind of need him to come back. When he's when's he gonna come back? Take his like, time. Take your time. We're, we're like looking at it now as a luxury because they're playing without him. They're six and three without him. They've beat some D teams. Yeah. Like you, you don't really need to rush him back. I don't want him to rush back. I want him to come back when he's ready. I don't, I don't want I him to come back and not be good either. Like, like in the playoffs where like he clearly wasn't ready. Yeah. I'd rather them keep him out till like February it, it, rather than Wait, come back long, too early. But... Oh, well, I'd rather February than too early is what I'm saying. That's Fair. my point. Like, uh, take your time. They're playing well enough. doesn't matter. Um, and hopefully the defense will turn around when he does get back. I have to assume. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does the rotations then, though. He may because or not he may uh, Missoula because uh, you have two guards off the bench instead of one, assuming he sticks with the double big lineup that worked last year. But anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, took, I guess it was an abnormally long break. We took like what? Three, it was three days since that email emergency pod. It's, yeah. it's different. Well, we We're trying decided, to do multiple. We decided week, to take but. a break, really, because I wanted to play basketball Thursday. But actually, because we had done two podcasts back to back, and there was only one game, yeah, so how yeah. far could we really take that? Even yeah, though we, we probably want... could have did a, a show because they lost. Anytime they lose, it's always easier because you're. Yeah. I'm fired up at the very least. <laughs> uh, we had got a lot sh- to say. Yeah, two games to talk about this time, or three games, I guess. Technically. Jack's like, and we're I back in another episode, and I'm like, I got something to say. <laughs> it cuts me off. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I'll leave it to you. Yeah, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on YouTube at How About Them Celtics Pod or Guy Boston Sports. Regardless, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share. Love the comments. I always cheat and leave a like, right? Uh, but, you know, you can get a nice look at Jack and I. You get the shorts, which people like. Uh, you get the pregame shows, which are always a lot of fun. We had a good crew yesterday. I think we had a good amount of people that came came by and said hello. Um, a lot of regulars become part of the squad. Um, if you're not on YouTube, you're on some streaming service, make sure you give us a follow there. Leave a good rating, whatever it is you do there. I, I don't know. I don't do the ratings, but... Uh, I, I like the streaming. I, I like listening. I don't, I don't do YouTube. You can't, well, let me rephrase. I don't do YouTube for podcasts, um, but make sure you follow us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok at how about them sees. You'll see all the clips there of us talking about whatever. I'd imagine today there'll be a Hauser clip. Uh, ooh, let's see what else, what else could there be today? Me trying to figure out who the MVP should be. That would be a uh, disaster. Um, how they need Rob. General stuff. I'll figure it out afterwards. If you want Jack and all his glory and all his work, you can follow him at NBA. And if you want me with all of that but less, uh, at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for you. Jack Jacko, come on.